You are now listening to Random Ramblings with Rock. What up, everybody? This is your boy, B-Rob, and I'm back with another edition of the Random Rambles with Rob podcast. First and foremost, I'd like to thank you, the listener, for coming back each and every week or however you listen to podcast. If you're a first-time listener, I'd like to thank you oh so much for giving my show a try. And if anybody recommended you to me, go ahead and lean over and give them a crisp high five. But, I mean, you know, we got to be cautious in these times and everything. Some people have been double-dosed up. Some people have been single-dosed up. Some people have been uh, partially dosed but not fully dosed and everything on the vaccination side. And uh, they want to take a gamble with their life. So uh, go ahead and lean over and give them that crisp high five. Uh, For those of you who aren't vaccinated, uh, go ahead, sanitize beforehand, give them the crisp high five. Back away, sanitize some more, and then uh, pray to your deity of choice that you uh, survive and be okay and whatnot. So, uh, yeah. But if you don't want to go through all that rigmarole and all that stuff, you know, putting your health on the line and possibly contaminating others, uh, pick up your social media app of choice and send a well-crafted DM to that person that recommended you to me and tell them thank you. Thank you for recommending you to me. Speaking of social media, you can find the Random Rambles with Rob on various social media platforms to include Twitter at 3R Show, Instagram at The 3R Show, uh, YouTube. You can see this interview in long form format. It's not a two parter like this is the second part of the last episode that you listened to before this one. But it might not be specifically the episode that correlates to this one if the last episode you listened to was an episode from two weeks ago. So the episode that was recorded previous to this episode, so the one that aired in chronological order in the feed, wherever you're listening to it at on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever have you. So the one directly before this one, God damn it. <laughs> and, um, for anything that I may have forgotten to mention as far as social media, you can find it all on randomrob.com. On randomrob.com, some other things that you might find is some different ways to help support the show. Um, we got some merch on there, hats, shirts, buttons, pins, all that crap. And you got a link for our sponsor, Hooks, Rubs, and Spices. Some delicious ass seasonings and rubs and spices to put all over your meats, vegetables, and all kinds of things and whatnot. Shit, put them on your tacos. I mean, they got that uh, taco everyday seasoning. Uh, I forget what, it's brand new. That's why I don't know it right off the top of my head. It's in my cabinet in my kitchen. I haven't tried it on nothing yet, but I'm pretty sure it's goddamn delicious. So go to hooksrub.com. And you can get 15% off your motherfucking order. 
if you use promo code RANDOM. Yeah, sprinkle that hooks, rolls, and spices all over your meats, baby. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Uh, before we get into this follow-up episode of the show with my man Paul Hawkins of the Bloke Busters podcast, uh, we got a voicemail. We got Hoppy Rogers checking in. And for those of you who don't know who Hoppy Rogers is, he is the man at just about the end of every episode that you hear talking and singing the praises of Hooks, Rubs, and Spices. Hoppy is a longtime uh, contributor to the podcast. He's always calling in with voicemails, you know, t- spinning us a yarn, telling us the tales of the day-to-day life of Hoppy Rogers. And today is no different. We haven't heard from him in a while, but he is checking in with us. And here's a voicemail from Hoppy Rogers before we get into the second part of our podcast with Paul Hawkins. So listen to this voicemail. It's going to lead into the continuation of the podcast and it's going to be great and gravy. And uh, before I go, I want to say congratulations to my son. The fruit of my loins, my second born, my boy, Keelan Robinson, just graduated high school Thursday. Uh, We just came back from Louisiana not too long ago to celebrate with the Louisiana half of his family, you know, to see the grandparents, his mom and all them other people down there in Lake Charles hooking in a jab and doing these high flooding seasons and bad weather and all the other bullshit to come together to persevere and celebrate the life and the achievement of my second born, my boy, my only son, Keelan Robinson. Congratulations, son. I know I told you here. I gave you some money, and um, now I'm booting you out the goddamn door so you can go fucking start your life on your own and leave me the fuck alone. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Kind of. Maybe. But yeah, Milestone, man. Proud of that dude. And, um, I just uh, showed him how to do a couple things, you know, in preparation, gave him some money tips and everything because, you know, you, you get that wad of cash after graduation if you're fortunate enough. And I'm just uh, kind of telling him not to blow his load all over the place. You know, you, you save that for special occasions. <laughs> but anyway, join this. Uh, damn, I'm going to say join this episode, but you're already in the episode. You're listening to it, but enjoy the voicemail. And enjoyed the second part of uh, the interview with Paul and yada, 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 motherfucker. What up, Robin? Hoppy, goddammit. You know, I got to check in every few months at least or something. I almost died last week. I was in my bug out spot. I got seven acres down on the lake. I got a cave with a spring in it. So I got fresh water, all that. Like, I'm set up good. I got Bitcoin. I got V-Tank. All them other cryptos. Fuck them. The only two blue chips. Look, Ethereum going to like thirty or eighty thousand dollars, and then it's going to crash in five years. But I ain't fucking with it. Y'all can fuck with it and get you a quick flip if you want to. But I'm telling you, Bitcoin and V chain. That's where I, I bought a shit ton of V chain at less than a penny. It went up to almost thirty cents. It's back down to twelve because of the great crash we got on right now. But it's it, July the fifteenth. All crypto's going back up. Believe that <clears throat> we're going to two hundred and fifty thousand on Bitcoin and at least fifty cents on V chain. But uh, hey, I was cutting this tree down. I don't, I don't cut down no trees unless they're dead. I don't, I, don't, I don't cut down no live trees. But there's a dead tree hanging off another tree, you know, like a big giant trunk that got two trees coming out of it, and one of them died. And so we was cutting it, 
with the chain top, and it was probably 30 foot tall, 35 foot tall, size of a telephone pole, girth wide. And then we got it right down to the spot where it was ready to go, and then, you know, gave it the old heave ho push. But instead of falling, it, it spun like a barber chair. And it just spun instead of falling to the pirouette, and then fell like a spear down in the ground, and, and like, you know, it boom. And then instead of going the way we wanted it to, it come back towards me. And I fell down because we're on like a 50-degree hill. It ain't flat ground by no means. And uh, here come this tree. I see it coming at me. And uh, I spin out the way. And it hit, I mean, it about caught my hand. Uh, whoo! You know, you tell, I tell you what, I wish you could see the imprint in the ground this damn thing made. But I'm still alive, goddammit. I keep on kicking. Uh, but it's wild down there in the country because I ain't got to work no more. Uh, I know, you know, movies and all that's over with. Everything I ever did was over with. But I'm having fun. Uh, we got a meth head buddy down there. Like, he had a, a pet deer, and, uh, you know, it was, it was hilarious. He couldn't get down the steps on his on his house. He'd pick it up and it'd shit all over him, and he'd puke. And then he'd have to go spray himself off at the hose, and we all dying laughing. And then, of course, you know, the deer ended up dying because he didn't get the right food and all that. It's, you can't expect a meth head to keep the deer alive. And then, and then we're like, well, what happened to Bucky? He named it Bucky. I mean, what an ingenious name for a deer, right? Bucky, a buck? I mean, he, he, he can't have no time to come up with a good name. So I'm like, where's Bucky at? Lo and behold, he, he started crying and was like, well, I ain't buried him yet. I don't know how I'm going to get up a mine too, but he's in the freezer. I, God damn it, I'm a fucking got a full-size deer stuffed in a fucking deep freeze in a garbage bag. I'm like, oh, my God, this is some country redneck shit right here if I've ever seen it. I swear to God, y'all got to come live a day with me, man. It's some fucked up shit down here in Kentucky. Surprise, motherfucker. Because once she was done at university, if she wanted to stay in the UK, she had to transition to a work visa, uh, mm. find someone to work and all of that fun stuff. Um, if I wanted, if we wanted to live in America, I had to go through that whole thing. Um, and we rationalized that being able to come to America there were way more opportunities available to us than in England. Um, there was more of a likelihood that we would have our own house. Um, there was more of a likelihood that there would be jobs available to us. Um, and then um, also, uh, uh, not that my parents wouldn't have been able to support us, but um, there was uh, more, more that her parents could do for us if we were in America than my parents would uh, realistically be able to do for us if we were in England. So mm -hmm. it just kind of worked out that that was the way it worked. Also, my wife, uh, before coming over to university, had gotten a, uh, a puppy. Uh, and so she had that there, whereas I, uh, as I said uh, quite a while ago now, um, I don't feel homesick. I don't miss... Uh, like things or people um, from from England, so, so I all, I quite happily. <laughs> so what it all boils down to is she had a damn dog, so y'all went back to America. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want to be incredibly specific about it, <laughs> yes, um, uh, uh, that dog is actually upstairs, still sleeping right now. See, um, yeah, so it uh, it was something where we just. We were talking about it, trying to weigh out the pros and cons, and it was just so much, um, so much more likely that we'd be able to really do something and really kind of make our own place in America mm -hmm. than in England. Um, uh, 
as as an example, uh, I currently um, in my own home. Um, uh, we so we refinanced the mortgage uh, last year because of the yeah, because you got thirty fucking uh, calls asking you about <laughs> refinancing your damn shit, right? <laughs> um, actually, uh, my dad was the one that really pushed it because he um, uh, he is a, a stockbroker, uh, so he he's a uh, someone that uh, really is keeping track of, of all of these things. And he was uh, always telling us how the markets were doing and uh, everything that was going on. And because of everything that has been going on, obviously uh, the rates were getting yeah. more and more favorable. And so uh, we, we did have an FHA loan when we got this place. And that was the only place we could get with my credit because my credit was non-existent. Mm. Um, and that's a catch 22 in and of itself. Um, cause yes, when I came over here, they didn't want a car cause he can ride the train for less. Well, that's the thing. Um, mm-hmm. uh, before moving over here, I had to learn how to drive because I had never. And on the uh, right side. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yes. I was driving on the right side of the road and then I came to America and now I had to drive on the right side of the road instead of the correct side of the road, which is the left side of the road. But anyway, um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, so I um, I had never sat behind the wheel of a car before. Um, I'd never felt the need to. Um, and it was like, okay, uh, I'm going through the process of getting the visa. We're doing all of that fun stuff. Yay. Um, and then it was like, okay, I need to have got my license by the middle of this year. Um, so that it was like, okay, we're going to start that. I looked up the places we um because in england what happens is you hire uh through um an agency uh, there's like three or four big ones that uh, that everyone hires through and then you pay them for um two hour lessons and then when they tell you that they feel you're ready for the um the test that's when you typically will then book for the test so um within i think it's five lessons you need to have gone and got your theory test done because um, the first few lessons are really just getting used to how the car works and everything. You're not really um, doing too much in areas where you can cause a lot of trouble if you're not sure what to do, uh, but they want you to get the theory test done as soon as possible. Um, so I got behind the wheel of the car. The guy that was um, uh, teaching me just uh, had us take off. We kind of went around a little bit. Uh, he took us to, um a, a car park area so um he got out and we swapped and then i just kind of maneuvered a little bit getting used to the car um and then took us back to where i was living and uh, when we stopped i kind of got to the thing and he said okay so based on uh my experience teaching people um like you um with your complete inexperience of a car it's going to take you roughly 40 hours of driving to be at the point where he would feel you're ready. Um, and he said, no, I know that you have not a huge amount of time because you're looking, could we talked about it as we were going. Uh, and he said, if I teach you the way that my company says to teach you, I think it'll take about 40 hours. I've been doing this for a long time. If I teach you the way that I like to teach people, I think it'll be less. And he said, are you happy with that? And I said, absolutely. Teach me any way you want. Just let's just get this going. So he said, okay. 
24 hours of driving later in always daytime and it had never done anything other than slightly rain uh like it was either completely sunny or a little bit of rain uh that was the only weather i'd ever driven in he turned to me at the end of the lesson and said you don't need another um lesson you're good um you can go take your test uh he recommended that i take one more lesson Mm -hmm. in the area i was going to take the test because i was going to take the test in the area where my parents lived rather than where we were because we were going to be moving out um but he said take take one lesson there just to get around just to get used to the roads because it's always different being driven on those roads uh to uh Mm -hmm. to driving um and then take it so i ended up passing my test after 26 hours of driving um and so i came over here um with that and i was immediately handed my wife's uh uh, toyota celica uh my wife got her father's old car because he was buying a new one so that um the story of your life huh somebody gets something new and want to pass it down to you right (laughs) yeah like uh my wife got given the toyota celica um went when like it, she got a Toyota Celica from the last year that they were selling the Celica, I can never remember which one it is. It's either 2003 or 2004. Um, I drove that car from 2000, the end of 2011 until last year. <laughs> that, that thing ran perfectly the entire time with the exception of the fact that it decided to give me flat tires every year for no reason. Like it was just, just and it was, Yep. Keep and you it on your always, toes, man. It yeah. can't run perfectly all the time. No, no. That, and, and that's the thing. Like, engine, never an issue. Or like, um, like, pretty much everything ran perfectly. It's just every now and again, one of the wheels would just deflate. Because why not? Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, it's, uh, uh, like this house that we're in now, um, I'll say we bought it for um about 137,000. Uh, so that was the cost of the house. It's a split level, uh three bedroom, two and a half bathroom, um and uh the plot is uh, uh three quarters of an acre. So that that's the rough size. Um to get my my brother ended up getting a flat uh, or apartment uh with his uh his now wife. Um uh, a few years ago and so that was a it was two floors but it was it was an apartment um and uh as they moved in there uh, they were actually paying a mortgage on it um uh, but it was it was the size of an apartment um they were paying the same amount we were for it because in england the cost of houses is um way higher mm-hmm. <laughs> because there's way less space um it's it's something i don't think a lot of people in america really think of um because the uk can fit inside the continental us 50 times and there is one tenth the population of the united states inside the uk so yeah it's it's way (laughs) like way more densely packed in there and there there is in no space. <laughs> in in my mind, it reminds me of uh, Washington D.C. because it's just like the buildings <laughs> aren't built next to each other; they're built on top of each other. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, um, 
if you if you've seen older pictures of uh, streets in England and things like that, especially the further north you go, is you go into like the old uh, coal mining towns or things like that, you will see streets row after row of houses that are all connected. Like they're all really short, uh, like not very wide at all, quite quite tall, typically two or three floors tall, but they're all connected. Like just going down the entire street, um, there, um, because they, you, if you had a detached house, there were actually different uh things for it. You could have a detached house, which meant a house like I'm currently living in, not attached on any side. There was a semi-detached house, which meant that um, attached at the garage or something like that. It could be that, or there are plenty of housing areas where what they do is you've got um. So let's say looking at it like straight on from left to right. So you'd have the garage for the car and then that garage will either be attached to the house or there'll be a little bit of space. And then you've got the house and then the wall that is the furthest away from the garage is shared with the next house. And then the garage is on the other side of that and then just repeat going down. So like that, so that's quite common. Uh, in England, and then Shit, now seeing why you're trying to get the hell out of there, so you can stretch <laughs> your legs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. Um, like the house that I grew up in, uh, I was very lucky. Uh, you know, my my parents were, um, you know, they weren't what you would say wealthy, but definitely looking on it like I would say well off. Um, you know, we were definitely middle class. Um, I would I would say, um, yeah, I, I don't know the ins and outs of all of the class system, but uh, as far as, as far as I'm concerned, I believe we were considered middle class. Um, so I grew up in a house that was three floors. Um, I lived on uh, my bedroom and my brother's bedroom was on the top floor, which I hated, uh, but still that's where we were. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, the... The front garden wasn't really a garden. It was just a little area. There was a path. There were some some little places for plants and stuff, but it wasn't really that um, what what most people would consider a garden. Uh, and then at the back, we had um, a full garden. So obviously the space to play and everything um, and nice area, but it was, um, I think the entire plot would probably be less than half an acre, if uh, probably a quarter of an acre actually. Um, and it had a, a, a two-car garage, which uh, was um, uh, relatively extravagant, really, for uh, for somebody. Uh, most places only had a one-car garage, but they would have a big uh, driveway to, to park cars on. Um, that house, uh, they moved out of about five years ago at this point, maybe six years ago. Uh, that house sold for half a million pounds. Shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, the house they moved into didn't cost that much. However, um, they were all... <laughs> Get the pocket some of that money then. <laughs> uh, they could, but they were also paying um, off something else because they, uh, they, um, they had put down money on a, a house in France that what they were doing was they were building... Um, they were kind of working on that, kind of uh, getting it up so it looked nice. Uh, my aunt has lived in France since she was 19 and uh, she lived about 20 minutes away. So she was kind of able to help out with that house. Um, they were renting it out at times and things like oh, okay. that. And uh, they ended up 
selling that as well. So like they, they were some of the money that was from, as far as I know, some of the money that was from the sale of the house in England went to, to dealing with that as well. So, um, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, but yeah, like, like I say, um, uh, kind of so, rounding up. so saying that, you know, from from where you're from or whatever, it's not so much that you long for and everything. You're not, not so home, so much homesick. Yeah. Since being in America or being exposed to America, because we like mm-hmm. to expose ourselves to you. Um, <laughs> what have you enjoyed the much, the most of such uh, thus far? What <laughs> about America? I can't even talk. Okay, no, that's um, uh, it. It's interesting because. Um, uh, Other than your wife, <laughs> and now you're a young one. <laughs> yes, obviously. Uh, yeah, d- clearly the the best thing that America has been able to give me is the opportunity to to have the life that I currently have with, with my wife. Um, yeah, have my daughter and everything. Um, uh, would have been nice not to have the uh, the medical fees from having my daughter, but that's uh, yeah. that's, that's, that's the conversation from before. Um, but uh, uh, but yeah, no, it's it's, it's kind of difficult to to give you a proper answer for that because obviously you know if i had learned how to drive in england um if i'd had that opportunity then uh would i feel differently about um like driving over here and all of that because uh uh one one thing i i've i've tried to get into was just that feeling that everyone would kind of tell me about when they first learned how to drive when they were first able to get behind that car and drive and they felt the freedom for that. I've never felt that. <laughs> I, I've never sat in my car and gone, I could go anywhere. I don't know. And maybe it's because, um, you know, obviously over here, you need to drive. <laughs> like if you want to go anywhere, unless you live in New York or something like that, yeah, you something need that's heavy to be transit al- uh, <laughs> allows heavily on the transit system or whatever. Because yeah, I mean, shit, they have a great transit system here in Houston, but it's only it's a localized thing or whatever. Because I live north of Houston in Spring, Texas, which, if you want to judge of distance, my brother lives in the south of Houston, and depending on the way I take, it can take me almost an hour to get to his house. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's yeah, just I've... Houston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's, it's fascinating. Um, how, like how different that culture is. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, I can't imagine cause I'm not natively from here. I'm from a little bitty ass town in Louisiana, <laughs> about two hours away from here. I, that's where I grew up and I, and I drove or whatever, which you can drive the whole city of Lake Charles in less than 10 minutes. <laughs> you know, if you just go out, get on the freaking uh, interstate, you drive around one bend and you're on the other side of town already. You know, <laughs> so I grew up in that small of a town yeah. and everything. So that's why I learned to drive. That's how I got used to the road and all that stuff. But to come here to Houston, like I said, take damn near an hour to get from one side to the other. Uh, They got all these interstates and freeways and tollways and all this other shit. I can't imagine 
my children learning how to drive here. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's it's something that I'm I'm intrigued to see what happens as Ellery grows up with uh, with what she's interested in, what she wants to do. Uh, just because, um, you know, as we've established, I have no uh, experience growing up in this country and this culture. Um, mm-hmm. I, I grew up with my parents. If I said I wanted to go somewhere with my friend for the night, they said, that's fine. Like, mm-hmm. you know, once I got uh, my own phone, uh, they would tell me, yep, uh, just uh, let us know when you get there or let us know when you're coming home or that sort of stuff. Like I was fairly free to do what I wanted. Um, well, there was even- I, I, f- I feel like more that's just the generation we grew up in or whatever, because I mean, I've, I've experienced that, the same things or whatever. I mean, I can go anywhere and do whatever the hell I want. I went outside <laughs> when the sun came up and I came back when the sun went down, you know, it's yeah, as long I- as my, my thing was because like we didn't have cell phones when we were that young. Whenever you get to where you're going, call me to let me know that you're there. And if you leave from there to go somewhere else, call me when you get to where you're going. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It it was, it was interesting because I, I don't know um, the thought behind it or stuff like that, but my, my parents were, at least with me, were very lenient, probably because I never really gave them a reason uh, not to be with me. Like I was, I'm very straight late. I still am. Um, you know, I, I, I will, I follow the rules and stuff like that. Um, like, um, my, uh, my friends and I really wanted to go and see, uh, a band that were playing in an area of London called Brixton. Uh, there's a, there was a place there called Brixton Academy, uh, that would host bands, um, and fairly frequently, and uh, Brixton is known as not the nicest place of London. Like, yeah, yeah, that's, what, that's where the gangs of London hang out at. They yeah, sitting of, there with yeah. their freaking top hats and everything. And <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. You see anyone with a cane in Brixton, you book it. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but yeah, uh, it was one of those things where my parents – were the ones saying, uh, you know, not only are they absolutely fine with me going to Brixton to see this, and like when I was about 14, right, at this point, I think we uh, we wanted to see a band called Feeder, who were uh, uh, a sort of pop rock band, um, still are, uh, still going strong, um, but uh, uh, we wanted to see them, and the only place that they were playing that made sense for us was in London at Brixton Academy, um, because that was about 30 miles-ish um, away from us, and that was the closest they were coming. Uh, so my parents told all of my friend's parents that not only were they happy with, for me to go, and were they also willing to uh, put some money towards tickets for my friends to go, they were willing to drive us up there and drive us back um, to see this. And every other parent was saying, no, we're, we don't feel comfortable with our kids going there. Um, I, I ended up going to Brixton about three years later because, A, I was older and all my friends were older. And we went to see Ramstein at Brixton Academy. There were three of us that went to see them. 
for those people that don't know who Rammstein are, they are a German uh, heavy metal, like industrial metal band. Um, and that sounds like heavy. It's just like just a lot of uh, and banging of loud metal items and all kinds of shit. I can see somebody on stage with a freaking grinder tool making sparks and all kinds of shit. Um, n- not quite that. Um, uh, as an example for you, uh, so so definitely like um, like heavy rock, heavy rock music, very like very grandiose. One of their songs is called Mind Tile, which translates to i believe my thing as, as in like mine like mm-hmm. you, um and <laughs> the what happened is the lead singer comes out in a um an apron like a you know, a full sort of butcher's apron type thing caked in blood he's holding the microphone which has a butcher's knife on the end of it and so nice. he's singing, like he's singing all these songs, like Caked in Blood with this person I come and stuff. As he's singing, a giant uh, cauldron type thing, like giant melting pot, as if a cannibal, like the, the stereotypical cannibal creating a human stew, like comes rolled out onto the stage and is put in the middle. The keyboard player gets into this thing and there's a there's a keyboard that's in it and he's playing it along. Um, the lead singer um, puts down the microphone and picks up a flamethrower and fires it at the keyboardist in between when he pops up and plays the thing and then drops down and then the he fired that. At which point the keyboardist gets out of the pot once that bit's done. And then the lead singer chases him around the stage with the knife while singing. Um, and that's See, just that is a testament to his endurance and stamina mm-hmm. to sing and chase a grown human being that is possibly filleted and cooked. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, and that, that's that's still within the realm of what I imagine that might be in or whatever. Yeah, just yeah. put a little more panache on it than I did. I think just like breaking shit or whatever and fire and sparks, but yeah, I mean, we, yep. we, we, we cooking fire. people. We good. We good. We good. I'll say fire. Definitely. Yeah. Um, um, have you seen the film triple X? Yes. The band that are playing at the opening of triple X, that is Ramstein. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they were playing for, in this like Brixton Academy thing. So the obviously stage and then everyone standing um, in the, in the, the bottom area, which myself and one of my friends had t- had tickets for, um, standing room only, probably, uh, remember way back when, when we could all congregate together, uh, like, there'd yes. be like, like 500 so people. so long ago. <laughs> like, like 500 people in the standing area, like, you know, from stage, two door, packed in. Um, and then there was an upper balcony area that probably had about, maybe 250 seats. Like that. So that's the area they're playing in. And they're playing the same set that they're playing at uh, you know, huge stadium somewhere, um, including uh, one song that I, I wish I could remember the name of it, but uh, the bassist, while playing, uh, like they bring out this huge, full-size inflatable dinghy, um, like, and then he gets in it 
and crowd surfs while playing on this. <laughs> um, and so, like, as the song's going, he's coming out and around. And then, um, you know, he, at one point, he basically just kind of dictates back to the stage. And so everyone just puts, pushes him back. Um, so, like, it, um, they're, they're incredible live. Uh, they, they really are. Uh, and I imagine. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, like, it was, going up there for that and then come back like i i never saw anything that would have made me uncomfortable when i was 14 going up um uh and uh, that was even for something that uh you know would have been more people my age there seeing hey. it um hey give me a second my mom calling me real quick oh that's fine <laughs> Yeah, apparently I'm on air. <laughs> I'm just going to stare down the camera. Okay, that's enough of that. <laughs> Didn't think I'd have to solo host someone else's podcast hello out there how's everyone doing <laughs> should really throw something in that i'll uh, make it problematic for him when he's editing this later assuming he edits it i don't know <laughs> Uh, I'm going to do something that you should never do. Read the nutritional facts on, uh, on the Angry Orchard there. Let's see. Not all in it except for a lot of sugar. Yeah, it makes sense. Oh, darn, I can't operate machinery after doing this, possibly. All right. Yeah, my, my mom called me, man. It was, <laughs> it was late as hell here. You know, it scared the shit out of me. I thought something was wrong. No, but, she no, was just, yeah. but, she, but I work nights, so right. she thought I was at work. So. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fine. Um, yeah, I had no idea if you were going to be keeping any of that in, so I was... Uh, I never had to do that before, so I didn't know how to handle it. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that's probably fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's something you can quite easily just cut out. That's not fine. Mm -hmm. uh, or, or not. Yeah. I could just as easily not do it as easily as I could do it. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, in fact, it's even easier not to do it. I, I, after so many years of editing, I fully understand how easy it is just to 
not do it. <laughs> I can just imagine how much editing that I used to do compared to what I do now. Now it's just like, all right, do I need to put a bump on the front? Nope. All right. Export. <laughs> yeah. And I, uh, I, I've considered um, with my podcast, what, what I try and do, I, I haven't been um, super fastidious about it, but uh, what I'm trying to do is uh, because I, I, I have the Patreon, but like I've not been pushing it hard or anything like that. Like it's there, but what I want to do is have as many unedited um, versions of the podcast as possible at the very least from like when I do the intro until the mm. end, just like that part unedited. Um, and then I'm, I'm going to release them on the Patreon as just like, if anyone wants to listen to it, here's the completely unedited files. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then, you know, Hey, that's it. I just haven't gone in <laughs> and uploaded those. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, I, every now and again, I considered, is it worth doing anything other than the cursory, you know, um, noise removal and, and all yeah. of that sort of stuff. And it's like, I make too many, like, loud breathing in noises and things like that that i would not feel comfortable not going through and doing this so even though sometimes it takes me a week to go through and actually do it uh, especially if i've got other things going on um, yeah i understand that yeah <laughs> that's why let's edit and started happening and then what <laughs> another thing it was for me to that led me to having so many edits and things I had to process or whatever is the equipment that I had available to me at the time. It was shitty. So it, <laughs> it made its own noises and, uh, you know, I had to deal with all those things and work around all that stuff. And then when it came to rendering or like, exporting a file or something, it was longer than the motherfucking episode took to record. Yep. <laughs> so when I got this new computer here that I got now, you know, I edited my first episode on it. And something that would normally go over an hour or some shit like that took two minutes. I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> what is what? <laughs> yeah, I mean I um I, I use Audacity for um for my editing because uh A it's free. It's free. Uh and uh, and B it is um uh it is perfectly good enough for my like for the podcast I'm doing because I'm not um yeah. I'm not needing all of this extra stuff. I'm not having to, I, I'm not the person that inserts all kinds of music cues and like does all of these. So that's, that, that's not me. That That's not the type of thing. I'm doing now. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I, I have always had uh, a MacBook that I use as my computer. So I had a MacBook white originally, and I now have a MacBook, pro um and that is it and then i have the microphone um which uh, i have i actually have an atr uh, microphone that um someone on a podcast that i have been on several times um many many times actually uh sent me because um he he wanted me to have better audio than what I did have um, when I was on his podcast, and so now it's my main microphone as well. Um, and one thing I was actually going to say when it comes to editing out noises and things like that, um, this microphone is a is a condenser mic, so it uh, it 
does get rid of some of that background stuff anyway. Uh, and I found listening to the recordings whenever I'm doing it that I all I need to do is do like a the you know get a noise profile and then just do that for the entire thing. It'll get rid of most of the background noise I have. Yep. The number of times this guy has gotten onto me saying you need to shut off your air conditioning units or the heating for the time we record because it's so much hassle to go in and fix it on your audio i'm like what are you using that is causing you that much trouble because i i can't imagine what he must be picking up because and then what <laughs> what why in the hell i gotta sacrifice my comfortability for your goddamn audio broadcast or whatever. I don't want to be in here hot and sweating. Then you're going to hear me in the microphone. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's the thing. Like, I, I record in what is, um, at this point, essentially our basement. It, it's a split level, so uh, I'm on the, the lowest level of the house. Mm. Um, and uh, like, my wife is asleep. My daughter is asleep. And we have the system going because if it gets too cold or too hot they will wake up if he wants me on the podcast <laughs> it's not turning off <laughs> so mm. i've done everything i can i've shut the door into um the room that has that stuff in it i have shut off all of the uh, the vents that is possible for me to shut off um down here so this is what you get <laughs> and every every single time uh, we start recording for his thing. He tells me he needs to turn it off. And every time I tell him that's not happening, uh, and then we just move on. <laughs> so. Yeah. So we, we can wind down and everything, whatever. I mean, obviously you do a podcast. You've plugged it many a times during this broadcast and whatnot. What, what brought you there? Cause I, I remember you saying earlier on that, like you would have never thought that you would be doing something like this, you know, publicly speaking kind of, or, you know, yeah. just broadcasting in general. So what got you here? <laughs> yeah. Hey, you ever wonder why we're here? No. Um, <laughs> red versus blue reference for anyone. Like, what is mm -hmm. that? Uh, uh, but yeah, no, uh, I, I got talking with someone who uh, was a co-worker of my wife's for a little bit. And then when we came over here, I actually started working at uh, uh, Panera Bread uh, about 40 minutes away. Uh, and I he was still working there. And so I was working with him. And it was one of those things where uh, like pretty much instantly it was like, we're going to get on. Like, you know, we, we enjoy talking about the same sort of things. Um, uh, we really enjoy talking about films uh, and stuff like that. And um, I I was really getting into podcasts, especially given the drive. Um, I was having time to listen to it. I got one of those things that you plugged into the, uh, the cigarette uh, thing, and then it would attach to the radio, and it would broadcast to a frequency, and so you'd have to listen through that because I had a Toyota Celica. So that was the only way that was going to work. Um, and so I was listening to podcasts and uh, talking with him about films. And then after a few months, I just started talking to him and saying, you know, do you think it would be interesting to do a film podcast? Like, uh, I at no point did I ever consider doing anything live, and I still haven't. Um, 
uh, this is literally the first live thing I've ever done for a podcast. Um, but well, you're uh, not, we're not live. It just I, says that. <laughs> I I know, uh, but like that, like something like this, where uh, like it'll end up on YouTube, or so people actually see me or things like that. Like I've never done mm-hmm. uh, that type of thing, and uh, I don't foresee that happening anytime soon. Uh, but uh, something where I'm just able to sit down uh, in front of the computer uh, with, with my friend and just kind of talk about stuff, um, and then we can. I can edit it as needed and things like that. Although my editing skills in the beginning were definitely not where they are now. So uh, I, yeah. I, I, I can definitely look back and go, oh dear, uh, what was I doing? I completely messed this up and that. But uh, um, yeah, just, just talking with him and enjoying podcasts and stuff, it was like, hell, why don't we give it a try? You know, it, worst comes to worst, it doesn't go anywhere. Um, and it was just something that, when I when I was starting to do it, I wasn't even thinking, oh, this will make me better at this. This will, this will work. Um, this will help me with learning how to be more comfortable talking to other people or anything like that. Uh, but then over the years, as I did it and as we started to get other people coming on, started talking to other people, I started guesting on other podcasts and things like that, um, I, I just realized that, doing the podcast was helping me with so many of those other things that I, uh, I really struggled with. Um, I, I'm, I'm someone that, uh, uh, I was never officially diagnosed. Um, uh, although I do enjoy saying this, uh, my, my parents, uh, believed that I was probably on the spectrum, uh, probably had Asperger's, uh, as, um, as there was the diagnosis until recently, uh, that has now gone away and it is simply um, ASD or the autism spectrum disorder. Uh, and so they, they were fairly certain that I, I had that. So they took me to see a psychiatrist when I was about 10 um, and went in. Uh, they, I guess I had one session with the guy and uh, the, the guy told my parents that categorically I had Asperger's syndrome uh, and that he had never been talked down to by anyone the way that I had talked down to him in the session. Uh, I have no memory of this, by the way, <laughs> but apparently this happened. Um, they then took me to a specialist who said, um, oh, uh, I believe he doesn't have Asperger's syndrome. By the way, he's got an IQ of 140. So you can imagine what impact that had on my parents' expectations of me <laughs> at school. Um, uh, yeah, they, they expect me to do better than I did. Um, yeah, yeah. I, would, I would imagine so. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but yeah, that, uh, then as I got older um, and I was like, kind of really thinking about it, I was like, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I might like to talk to someone about it. So I had a few sessions with... Uh, with another psychiatrist um, and just through talking with him and talking about that stuff, he, he, he ended up giving me a, uh, one of the tests that you could do. Um, uh, ob- when it comes to diagnosing autism, uh, the earlier, the better. Um, if you're talking to someone who's older than 20, as I was at the time, it is very, very, very difficult 
to get a definitive diagnosis at that point um, because uh, the main diagnosing tools that they have, at least at the time, um, were focused entirely on developmental um, things. Mm-hmm. So were you hitting these milestones? Um, during interaction with other kids, were these things happening? So very difficult for a 20-something-year-old person to walk into an office and ask one person, hey, do you think I had this? Um, but uh he said that based on what I had said and based on everything that was going on, he probably would have leaned towards it. Um, so, um, so not officially diagnosed or anything like that. However, um, I would say that I at least have traits of that, especially the, the more awkward social stuff. Um, definitely having trouble with things like eye contact. I'm, horrible at eye contact. Well, shit, I mean, you're talking about being awkward in certain social situations and freaking, you know, eye contact and stuff. I mean, I, shit, do I have it too? <laughs> I mean, fuck. I uh, mean, that. No. no, I mean, that, um, uh, yeah, and that's, that's one aspect of it. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, th- th- there, there are so many different things and so many different layers and, um, like, uh, autism is such a huge spectrum that, um, you know, so many people could be on it and all they have is just one thing and as you grow up you've just developed all of these things um to yourself that can handle the the problems or can handle the the things that you that anyone else looking in might say um you know oh you've developed this coping skill for this thing and then that's it like that that's all that was needed um so uh you know a lot of people are going to be completely undiagnosed uh, because they are so high functioning that it realistically doesn't matter. Doesn't matter yeah. in the slightest that, that they would be diagnosed. Um, yeah. And then but, if you di- at that point to where they figured out how to adapt and overcome the shit and you tell them that something is wrong with them or whatever, that kind of fucks <laughs> up their bubble too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's something where it's like, I've never, I've never considered myself uh, as someone that like, I need to tell people that I have anything like this. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell the story if it comes up. Um, I'll, I'll let anyone make their own decision based on um, how I'm interacting. Uh, but I, I will say, as I said before, doing the podcast, forcing myself like again and again and again into these, like, I, I feel that that's really helped me with not only just overcoming that and really sort of being able to interact with other other people um, in a in a better way than I than I did before. Yeah. Um, well, you you speak of forcing yourself to do such a thing, whatever. I was myself <laughs> made to do it. So you know, because you know, when you join the military, they be like, yeah, yeah, go do the shit, and I was like, yes, yeah. yes, sir. <laughs> and I have to go do it. So I yeah. had I, I was put in front of students and made to teach. So I had to talk and presentate and all this other crap. <laughs> yeah. No, I, uh, yeah, it's one of those things where, um, technically like I can point to things and say, obviously I, I was more worried about the idea of it mm-hmm. than I ever needed to be because, you know, having to get up in front of everyone presenting for things at university or presenting for things at school. Like mm-hmm. I hated the idea of it. I would always stress yes. about it and it was always fine. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, everything was fine. There was even uh, one time uh, we we were up. We were supposed to be doing. Uh, I went to university and I did film studies. Um, not that it helped me, uh, like in terms of uh, career, <laughs> in the slightest. But uh, you know, whatever. Um, uh, and there was one class that I we were going to be giving a presentation. Uh, we had everything ready. We had the PowerPoint all sorted, and the computer would not recognize our slide. And I was first. Um, so I stood up in front of everyone, and uh, like this this was thirty seconds after we realized we were not going to be using our slides. Um, luckily, we we had them printed out because we've been told to. Um, but I basically like looked at all this stuff happening, looked at the teachers, looked at everyone, stepped forward and just said, uh, well, I apologize for the fact that we uh, don't have a PowerPoint presentation. Uh, however, that does mean I will be expecting notes and there will be a quiz at the end. Uh, and, <laughs> and that got, you know, they got a laugh out of everyone, especially the teachers. Um, and uh, that, that kind of helped set the tone for the presentation. And um, so me looking at it now, I realized that I kind of just just had that bit. Like that bit was always there. So yeah. the fact that I was then at some point saying, hey, why don't we do a podcast? It was like I kind of had that ability to sort of start that. Now, um, in terms of properly being able to structure a podcast, properly being able to, to sort this stuff out, Hell no! I needed a lot of uh, experience before yeah, yeah. I was able to. Wait, uh, still, still, that. five years in, I, I still <laughs> struggle. <laughs> I just, yeah. I just turn the record on, and whatever happened, happened. <laughs> yeah, no, pretty much. It's like um, I, I'm actually uh, kind of peeked behind the the curtain on the on uh, my the Bloatbusters podcast. Um, originally, what would happen is I would take copious notes on the films that we were talking about i would like quite uh, quite in quite a lot of detail put out okay so this is the intro this is uh the film these are this is the director this is the box office this is the budget mm -hmm. these are all of the people that are in the car these are all of the talking points that i want to hit uh this is anything else that i need to say at the end and all of that sort of stuff and uh now, um, what happens is uh, I've reached a point where all I really need is there's anything that I desperately want to bring up, like that I feel is a is a great talking point that needs to go in there. I will write that down. Um, if it's before the pandemic, if it was something that had been out in the uh, in the cinema for a while, I will put down the latest box office and the budget and stuff like that. Um, however, I, I really realized, uh, especially over the past like four or five years, that even if I wrote out every note that I had, I'm not going to hit every note, which means that I'm going to be worrying about, oh, am I going to have to derail this a bit and get back to the notes? Because I'm, I'm someone that if I write stuff down, I want to go through them. <laughs> so, so I don't want a conversation to degrade at all because I'm clearly focused on something else that I wanted to bring up. Um, but also just with the nature of the podcast that, um, that I wanted to do, I felt that the more free flowing conversation just fit better. Um, if you actually go back and listen to the first 
10, 15, 20 episodes of Blockbusters, which please don't. But if she, if she ever did, um, we went through in like in chronological order everything that happened in the film. And we would talk about it and we would discuss things that happened and things we liked and things we didn't like. But we went from the beginning of the film Damn. to the end of the film. Um, and uh, there was a point where we sat down and we were like, this isn't something we should do. <laughs> uh, this is something that really this could only work in uh, like written format, actually. Like something like that. There's not a lot of um, there's not a lot of people that can do that with what we were doing and make it interesting. Now, um, there there are several podcasts that I listen to that that do actually go through what happens in a film. But they do it either ripping into it, which is actually something that um, uh, the Soiled Restaurant Cinema um, that uh, that I've been on, um, that that's what they do. But they are tearing into everything that happened because oh, yeah, because there's other stuff on there. Um, but then also uh, uh, one good thing, uh, which is a, a podcast that uh, um, I have not been on there yet, um, but uh, they are two British people called Paul. Um, so I well, had, you have, Paul, to, you have to get there, <laughs> but that's the thing. I had Paul and Paul on blockbusters, uh, with just myself and we reviewed Paul. And so, <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, yeah, we, we had to, uh, it was yeah. something. Damn it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it, it was. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, the the topper for that was supposed to be that at some point my old co-host Brian would record uh, a solo review of the life of Brian, uh, but sadly, before um, uh, he he was not able to do that before he ended up uh, taking his sabbatical. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, um, <laughs> I am going to say real quick, I'm going to have to go really soon. <laughs> uh, yeah. I understand. I just, uh, hey man, I, I winded you up, and I just let you go, and that's what you do. <laughs> but uh, yeah. br- briefly, um, you talk about the spoiled restroom cinema, and um, you also had your anecdote about you know being in class and having your your your, your witty quip and whatnot to <laughs> kind of ease the tension in the classroom and whatnot. That's where I see, well, not see, hear that the most from you. You know that style. <laughs> of uh, yeah. humor and whatnot that you do have when you are a guest on the spoiled. So I said spoiled soil yeah. restroom <laughs> cinema and everything. And it, and it tickles me to no end or whatever. Cause it's just like shots out of a can and it's just like, bam, bam, bam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, uh, I, I will say uh, the, they've been, um, he's been on a bit of a break at whole mm. bunch of stuff was going on behind the scenes. Not, not going to go into it, but... Uh, I know. I'll be talking um, to him next week. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Look, looking forward to that. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, uh, there's there's kind of a... It was going to be uh, something going on, but um, uh, I'm going to be one of the, the main um, hosts uh, going forward. Um, Makes sense. Uh, and uh, uh, we, we've been doing a bunch of... Um, 
episodes uh one or two of them may not come out but uh um uh, with everything we've been doing uh, we've kind of hit something and it, it's letting me kind of flex some of that um uh, a little bit more so uh, in, i'm in, in this in this serendipitous if i'm using that word right that like i have you here now and he will be the next one to come on next. And it that it is purely coincidence. I, I did not plan this. It just it just <laughs> fell this way. And I was like, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it, it uh that's that's another fun thing as well. Like obviously, um, yeah, at this point, uh, with everyone being as connected as um as they are, like the world itself feels like it's getting smaller more close-knit and uh mm. uh even within the podcast realm yeah, yeah. <laughs> sometimes you just get that uh so yeah it it's interesting um uh, and yeah when, when it comes to to blockbusters i'm uh i'm more sort of uh just, it's more relaxed it's definitely a very like you know we're just talking about something um we're just enjoying the ride. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know, there's never, never anything where it's like we have, we have to hit this. Like, we need to fit into this structure. Because- yeah, because I would have never been on the show if that was the case. <laughs> <laughs> we have to do. I was like, we have to. <laughs> yeah, no, like, no, you you would have been on once. Um, yeah, and exactly it- once. So, so you know, not to bring me back ever. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. I- yeah, I can't imagine how much editing would have happened if, if that was if that was uh, the way we were going with it. But um, but yeah, no, it, it um, with blockbusters, it's something where it, it. I've always wanted it to just feel like just the conversation that you would have with your friends about mm-hmm. films, like you know, because um, yeah, th- there's so many places you can go to for fully critical analysis of things oh, yeah. that have come out. Um, and that's not something that uh, I necessarily want to listen to. However, I will happily listen to people that have chemistry mm-hmm. just talking about this stuff. So that, that's always what I've, I've been striving for. And uh, um, uh, obviously with, with Brian uh, no longer doing um, the podcast um, uh, for the foreseeable future, uh, I'm just having uh, anyone on that wants to come on. <laughs> and so, uh, so it's been really cool to see um who's been coming on and you yourself have been the very gracious guest uh, many times yes. so um always yeah always good to have you on um and uh uh generally some of the longer episodes but that's absolutely fine by me <laughs> um, um there's actually um the podcast that i'm editing now um is longer than anything that, that you've done however we are discussing the entirety of the pixar canon so oh, well, there you go. That. I mean, that, that makes sense then because we usually have one singular thing that we're talking about, but other than, the, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, other, but you speaking of the lifespan of a whole company and shit. Yeah. No, yeah that, and that's something, yeah, the, um, the unedited thing came in in about an hour and 40 minutes. So, um, uh, uh, and, I mean, I know we've talked for longer than that, but the actual <laughs> episodes. If you can see the timer up here, it's two hours and 30 something minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, um, uh, <laughs> since you bring it up, I, I genuinely do have to go because <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be getting up nice and early. So, um, um, uh, yeah, I thank you. Uh, 
So thank you for having me on this because uh, I I've been I've been wanting to come on, but it's like I never felt like I knew what I would end up talking about, and uh, and, and you've been talking for two hours and thirty something. <laughs> yes, yes, I don't know what I'll talk about. I'll just talk until something comes out. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things. Like I I was even worrying about it today. I was like, like what what would I talk about? Like, what is, is there anything that, and I was trying to think like, what questions would you end up asking me that, yeah. uh, that would steer the conversation? And, um, like, I, this, I've always, this, this was my train of thought for this or whatever. One, I've been on your show so many fucking times and you've never <laughs> been on this end of it and whatnot. Yeah. And then I was like, and I would think about all the episodes that we've done together on your show. And I was just like, well, I know if I can start the car, He's just going to drive it off a cliff somewhere. And we're just going to turn all kinds of different places. And this is going to go where it's going to go. Because if you remember two hours and 35 minutes ago, I asked you, how'd you get to America? An hour and something later is when I found out. <laughs> so, yes, we, we, we've been to Albuquerque. We've made that wrong turn many a times. So I knew this is what this was going to be. This is probably going to be a two-part episode. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine for me <laughs> and and i i will say uh, again for the record i did tell you immediately what it was that brought me to america um however that was not the answer you were looking for <laughs> well shit i mean anybody would have that yeah yeah I mean, fair enough fair yeah, enough i mean yeah some people come by boat mm -hmm. uh, i just didn't <laughs> <laughs> um, but since You've been here. Your welcome is fairly worn. If you ever come back here again, you, you, I'm not fixing you a plate. You, you know where the kitchen is. You can just go do it yourself. <laughs> so uh, before you go, let everybody know where they can find you on social media, and uh, we'll put a pin in it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, primary um, uh, podcasting area at the Blockbusters podcast. So on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, it is at Blockbusters. Uh, so, and that is B L O K E B U S T E R S. Um, uh, and if anyone goes, you know, Oh, is that a play on blockbusters? Yes, absolutely. Well done. You found the joke. Yay. Um, I thought it was an incredibly, uh, like fun little play on it. Um, did not consider the fact that if you ever Google blockbusters, Google is very annoyed at you that you weren't looking for blockbusters. Um, just, uh, um, but still, it's just, it's been um, a, fun, a fun ride. Uh, I'm, we also have blockbusters.com. It's uh, just, yeah, again, I podcast on a budget, like real budget. So it's just a, a fun little website that I put together. So we have our own little space. Uh, but uh, I, I think it looks fairly snazzy. Um, I do also do another podcast called Filmily Fortunes, which has been on a bit of a hiatus just because of scheduling Shame. nightmare that's absolute scheduling nightmare that thing um but uh, uh i am trying to get that uh finished uh for the second season um and then uh i will be a, a more regular fixture on soil dressed in cinema in whatever form it ends up taking moving forward and i'm sure honor can um go into a bit more detail about that uh for the next one um but uh, uh yeah i mean 
anyone that thinks it might be at all interesting, please do reach out. Um, I, I'm more than happy to have a conversation with anyone uh, about pretty much anything uh, as uh, this episode slash episodes ha have shown. Um, so, so yes, do, do reach out. I'm, I'm always willing to, to have a conversation with anyone within reason, but, uh, mm. but yeah. Uh, that's yeah. about it. And then while you was giving me a closing spiel or whatever, I was thinking about where I had to answer the phone at, and I did not put the timestamp down. So I it's <laughs> probably going to be an audio version too. So I'm like, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh... it'd be like that sometime. But as it is with every guest of the Random Rounds with Rob, you've been here once. So the door is always open for you to come back <laughs> and promote your next big thing or just to come shoot the shit. <laughs> and uh hello everybody this is hoppy what's up everybody i'm over here cooking dinner with hooks rubs and spices uh b rob turned me on to this stuff and i tell you what it's great it's a homemade blend of the finest ingredients sourced from texas garden farmers and markets and it's some good shit i tell you what try the smoking sweetness or you can try hoppy's favorite the mad cow which is a nice peppery slap in the face. Oh, one taste and you'll be hooked. Hooks, rubs, and spices. 